All right, you ready? Yeah. Okay. Do the intro? Yeah. Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of the Cigar Guys podcast. We are on the go again. We are here in a warehouse, and this warehouse is owned by Cordoba and Morales. And we are here today with Z, the owner himself, and joined by Xavier as well. And uh, thank you guys for having us here on the, in the warehouse. Really appreciate you hosting us. Uh, first things first, I want you to tell us a little bit about the cigar we're smoking right here. Um, first of all, thank you for coming. Thank you for the opportunity. Of course. And uh, we're going to have some fun. So this one is a Celestina. Okay. And a Corona Gorda. So it's a uh, five and three quarters by 46. Has a little pigtail, a perilla, like a bejique, you know? Yeah. And uh, it's an Ecuadorian Habano 2000 wrapper. And all the filler and binders from Nicaragua, different regions, but all from Nicaragua. Very nice, very nice. So far, so good. I'm enjoying it. And then uh, Jared here is smoking a Santa Fe. Yeah. I know that much. So far, the first few puffs are amazing. I really, really like it so far. That's the Maduro uh, version of it. The first okay. one was the natural. This one is the Maduro, so it's a little bit more body to it. Yeah. A couple of really thick, oily Lijero leaves in there. So. I know you guys have. Uh, if you retro Hele, it would. You have plenty of different uh, Santa Fe lines now. Yeah. Plenty. Of, how many do you have? Five or more? I have. Uh, so, yeah, five. Because I have that one, the natural, the 10th anniversary, the Cameroon. one I do for for Corona Cameroon, and also the FSG. So the FSG regular and the FSG Cameroon. So five fingers. Very nice. And then we grabbed, uh, what is this? This drink here. Blue Note. Blue Note. You guys know anything about Blue Note? No, gave it to me. Uh, a friend of mine gave it to me. He said, you're going to love it. He owns a... It's actually good. It's got a, a nice, nice bite. Uh, big uh, liquor place, but it's not just... It's like wine, everything. It's as big as a total wine in Claremont called uh, Wine Regions. Okay, yeah. It's a big place. And he has a lot of allocations. He gets a lot of stuff that is hard to get. So if you guys ever need anything, let me know. He I'll might be able know. to get it. That's, <laughs> that's good stuff so far. I like it. Okay, so uh, tell us a little bit about your history specifically and how you got into the cigar industry. So, uh, born and raised in Cuba, in Tobacco Town. Mm -hmm. My grandmother was a grower of tobacco for generations. But other than learning from her how to roll a cigar when I was a really young like eight nine ten you know mm -hmm. uh that's all i did in in the industry you know like being with your family that yeah. my uncle grow tobacco my grandmother and i learned a lot of lessons that i didn't even know i was going to need until years later you know but when i came from cuba i kind of got disconnected with the industry for many years i enjoy cigars i was uh in Miami, a good friend of mine, Ernesto Perez Carrillo, I was like enjoying his stuff in the 90s. It was amazing cigars. La Gloria Cubana back in the 90s made mm. some of the best cigars. But no, I came to Orlando, finished high school, did a bunch of different things that I don't even remember until I landed a, a job in golf. I thought I was going to be a professional golfer, you know? And I became a teaching pro, but from there to winning money, 
<laughs> hey, listen, I thought, I thought I was going to be a professional tennis player, and I ended up coaching as well. So you know, I understand. <laughs> it's like a friend of mine told me when I finally passed my PAT, and I thought I was a, a player because I used to shoot around. Someone's driving by having fun. <laughs> what is that? That's strange. weird. Is that inside or outside? No, that's outside. outside. Let me go take a look. Is it outside or is it exterior? Oh my God. <laughs> that's my nephew. I just picked him up on his bike. <laughs> and that's what he did for the, the place he's going to go to. <laughs> so my good friend told me it's funny, but when I passed my PAT, I started teaching all that, and I'm like, oh yeah, I'm gonna make it now playing. He's like, part, shooting part doesn't make you money. And no, that is the, the no, best no, no. statement I ever heard. Absolutely. <laughs> From shooting 72 to making a penny in golf is a long way. Well, even um, you know, as a professional tennis player, those guys play eight hours every day, minimum. So, I mean, if I chose to go pro, that would be my entire life, playing tennis, that's it. And for, for a, Maybe a two, three year period, I was doing that, but in the middle of working. So yeah. if I close the yeah. shop, I go early and hit 500 balls. And if I open, I play nine holes every afternoon, but still, man, you know? Yeah. I was yeah. in my late 20s and I had kids coming out of high school that kicked my butt oh, yeah. all, I mean, all day long, you know? When you're so, just playing a sport like that, especially if you want to go pro, you got to be out the gate from when you're like eight years old. You know, playing all through yeah. your teens, homeschool. It's crazy. A, I picked a golf club in my hand for the first time and saw a ball when I was 27. Wow. Wow. In, in four years, I was shooting part. Cheers, brother. How you doing? My nephew. <laughs> nice to meet you. Rolling party. <laughs> <laughs> as you heard, as you heard. <laughs> yeah, we were like, what is that? Is it here? Is that outside? What the heck is that? <laughs> okay. Anyway, as we were saying, so playing a little golf, working different jobs and all that, and then uh, what brought you back into the cigar industry? What brought me back was that uh, playing golf, always enjoy a cigar, right? Right. And became friends with the guy who used to distribute cigars at Disney. Okay. And I was working at Disney. And uh, by that time, I had a couple of friends and a cousin in Nicaragua making cigars. They had a little factory. And I said, yeah, I'm going to take a trip and I'm going to blend a couple of cigars with their help and sell them here at the golf course. I had the okay with the guy, you know. So my first two blends was the front nine and the 19 hole, 2011. And I put it in a little coffin with the plexiglass top. And was the front nine and the 19 hole. I saw the, the golf course. And I did that for like a year until a couple of people reached out to me, like Don from Cigars in the Avenue. Yeah. I said, man, why don't you make a, cause we started playing and he started smoking the cigars. And he's like, why don't you make 20 count boxes? We sell it here at the shop. I had no idea I was going to do that. Yeah. Just did it so for So it kind of snuck, snuck up on you. And then uh, like six months after I started making cigars in, in, in boxes, Disney sold the golf courses to uh, Arnold Palmer golf, golf Management. And I was kind of like, I could have stayed if I wanted to, but going from what I was doing to just working in the pro shop, it was not yeah. what I wanted to do. And I left and put 100% of my time in hitting the road and 
making a couple more blends and I did the family reserve right after that, the uh, Clave. And I think it took me like three years to hit like a hundred shops. Wow. To have a hundred shops. Yeah. Uh, That's impressive. The brand. Yeah. But then after that, it, it, I'm, I hit a, a number around 300 shops right now that I am. Okay. Wow, and I've been around right? that for years. I gain some, I lose some. But honestly, I've been so busy, I can't hit the road like I used to. Right, yeah, Because yeah, I'm yeah. doing cigars for other people. And, you know, so. So when you got back into the industry, did you still have access to um, your family's farm and factory at that point or no? No, uh, in Cuba, everything was like done. There's nothing I could do in Cuba. Oh, okay, yeah. In Nicaragua, I had a cousin and, and some friends mm. that helped me to begin with. And like I said, Ernesto Perez Carrillo helped me a lot at the, the, with the first three blends. He tasted them, uh, told me what was wrong with it, do this, do that. So Just push it out a little it, bit. It was a lot of help. Okay. So I got some help from a few people in the industry that knew what they were doing. Very nice. And then, Xavier, what brought you into this? So um, I used to smoke cigarettes back when I was probably about your age in the early 20s, uh, got married and gave up smoking all the way around. And um, through a mutual friend who got me to smoking cigars, um, I met Z on a whim. We were supposed to be the both of us going to meet, you know, so that to do the introductions. And uh, I was able to uh, catch him on a Sunday at the shop and um, we kind of started, you know, chopping it up. And the next thing you know, he tells me his birthdays, the same birthday as my oldest brother. And we just kind of like started hitting it off. We started, you know, spending a lot of time together. We had a lot of music, you know, things in common, even though we're about 12 years, you know, age different. I'm older. Um, you know, he considers me his brother, but I, I kind of consider him almost like a son. You know, I think about <laughs> that only because, you know, it's like. He's, he, you know, I, I try to, you know, I'm, I'm retired, as you guys know, I, and I did 30 years in the government um, between the post office and military. And, um, you know, uh, through the meeting with him, um, you know, he started whenever he made new blends, he'd use me as a guinea pig. And, you know, uh, that was the one thing that I kind of think that that brought us even closer together was that he entrusted me and my opinion as to, you know, what would be a good cigar, what wouldn't be, you know. So, um, and the same thing, whenever I would buy from him, I'd buy extra so that I could share the wealth, you know. Mm -hmm. I always think yeah. that the cigar is the one common uh, element in making everybody um, feel like they're in the same playing field, you know. Exactly. It doesn't, mean, yeah, it doesn't sure. matter that, you know, you're a millionaire, you're a billionaire, and then I'm a janitor, but the cigar kind of brings us all together in that one realm where, you know, uh, nobody's better than the next guy, you know, for the time being while we're smoking. Whatever happens after that, that's whatever. But, you know, but um, yeah, and now um, this was, man, I'll tell you what, with age, you get to forget time kind of, you know. But um, I think we've been friends probably five, six years, if not a little bit more. Yeah. But, um, and I mean, I, it's like I know him, you know, like the back of my hand. Yeah. And he knows me the yeah. same thing. You know, we, we you know, I, I kind of got... Um, I learned how to roll cigars um, because I wanted him to enjoy his uh, new parenthood. You know, he just got married a few years back and he had his first kid. Shout out to uh, Maximus. Congratulations. <laughs> so, uh, you know, um, just turned a year old. 
And, uh, you know, the day that he was born, you know, he had an event that I ended up subbing for him. And it turned out to be probably one of the best events I've ever been a part of. I think I remember that, actually. I talked and, to you. And uh, it was, you know, we it was set up for a certain amount of cigars. And we had an extra amount. And we sold everything. So when he when he called to tell me, hey, it's a boy. Everything turned out good. I said, bro, I sold everything. He's like, excellent. <laughs> He's like, and I think that kind of hit off the business aspect of it that, you know, we do events now all the time mm-hmm. together. And, you know, we kind of, you know, w- w- our families are very close. Um and you know he knows how i feel about him you know class act you know all the way around and you know i just told him be you know to enjoy himself and what he does you know not to worry about you know too much into the future just worry about now mm-hmm. and then the future kind of takes care of itself if you you know you're good with people people will be good with you so yeah well i'll be honest too i mean and i'm not sure about the exact time of you know when all your sticks come out and everything like that but i remember there was an event at corona cigar lounge and they were selling the Santa Fe, like the very first edition that came out and they were doing the deals and stuff like that. So I actually bought a box of the Santa Fe's and then I got like three or five cigars extra. And then all of a sudden, like, you know, I start going in every few months, there's a new one. And then I kept getting a new FSG and there's, you know, now you have five. And then I started trying all your other lines and stuff like that. So it kind of just like, at least from my perspective, it kind of just came out of nowhere, you know? And I think kind of like what you were saying, as long as you're focused on what you're doing and you know, your purpose, the rest is going to come and it's going to all unfold naturally. And I think that's what we're seeing still happening here yeah. for your company. Definitely. The, the way, uh, so you bought one of the first boxes? At, at least when they, boxes. when they got to Corona, it was around that time. Yeah, it was, it was the first. 2016? Yeah, so it was probably not 2016. It was probably more uh, 17. Okay. So it was probably a follow-up event, but th- it no, was that, still the first box. There yeah, because I think it came out late 2016. Okay. Yeah. And I... Uh, it's funny too because a lot of people ask me i still think you know your small brand and doing good at corona is not easy and uh i got there so it was a funny story because the fda thing happened late 2016 yeah. and i had somebody reach out to me from the newspaper orlando sentinel to do a story on you know a cuban immigrant who what did they think about what's going on with the laws overreaching and maybe I lose my brand. You didn't you didn't know yeah. back then. So we decided to do that. And it was going to be at all times. Like last minute, he said, can we meet at Corona? Because uh, the TV also wants to do an interview. And that day, I think it's the first time that I ever like shake hands with Jeff. And I took my stuff. I rolled a couple of cigars. He came by. He looked at it. And in the interview, the, the person asked me, oh, how many stores do you have? And I said, 199 or something like that. And Jeff is like, 200, tomorrow you at the store. <laughs> and I was like, eh, maybe, you know, maybe he just said it for the interview. But when we finished the interview, he came up to me, say, I want 18 of these, 18 of these, 18 of these, 18 of these. Wow. I'm like, oh, cool. And uh, what about payments? You know, because sometimes you hear big stores, yeah. they do 40 day nay, whatever. He's like, no, no, what? Send the check, uh, send the invoice. We'll have the check ready there. And it's been awesome dealing with uh, Corona. Of course, yeah. That's definitely one of the biggest retailers mm-hmm. to get into. And like you said, they ordered a ton of boxes. Yeah. And when you have a few different lines, that's, you know, hundreds of boxes sometimes. So that's great, man. I, I think it's funny. It's so funny what he, he did for the interview. He was, he was uh, really funny. Rob, what would you say... Um, 
was one of your biggest turning points throughout this cigar and you know throughout your journey in the cigars was it that specifically or do you think there was something bigger that kind of just made you sit back and realize oh shoot i can really do something with this here oh no before i already knew when i hit the road for like two years straight and i i got you know over 50 accounts and i of course i wasn't making money or anything but i was like hey i can at least keep making cigars and now i don't have to put any money Right. You know, I sell I make more and and I was like, no, this is this is what I want to do. And of course, I named the company since the beginning. I have my grandmother in mind because that cigar you're smoking, that's her name, Celestina. I noticed too on the band. And you, you see have the pictures picture of her. her. Yeah. yeah. And and that, I, that's the picture that's on your website too. Yeah. I yeah. was like, no, yeah. this is what I want to do and I'm going to grind. And it's tough. It's really tough. If you guys yeah. been in the industry a little bit and you go to the show and all that, you, you know that. And I remember the first time I was at, at the IPCPR, how it used to be called. I saw 20 brands that in 2011 that were not there, 2012. And then I saw 20 brands in 2012 that they were not there in 2013. Mm, yeah. And it's like that, you know? If you get in the business and do you think it's just to make money? You're good in the luck. wrong business, yeah. yeah, wrong business. yeah. <laughs> if you have a lot of passion for it and you don't mind grinding and making it happen little by little or you can have a lot of money like at Septimo, right mm -hmm. and then <laughs> yeah i wish that's man, a different if, story yeah if i was a billionaire i'd tell you what i'd start a cigar brand it'd be the best right? brand ever <laughs> Get but it not all of us yeah not all, all of us are blessed with that <laughs> couple billion dollars dude. <laughs> yeah. 10 million dollar ashtray you yeah, know. <laughs> yeah. So i'd make you, it happen if you do it the other way you gotta yeah you gotta yeah grind. i will say the hardest part about like uh, building a cigar brand is getting people to try it so you can get in the cigar shop but how do you like get people to try your cigar? That's tough. Yeah. I think it, a couple of things that I did at the beginning and I still do it, but not as much, was like, hey, you give me a chance, you buy 10 boxes, I'll come in, I'll roll cigars, mm -hmm. I'll talk to people. I, you know, I give them three free hand rolls so they can, and kind of like that, you start meeting people, shaking people's hand, they get to know you, they know you're not, uh, and in, you're not just it, trying to make a sale. Yeah, yeah. So people and can see, like you say. I think it doesn't see. hurt that you have a, a good wingman also yeah. <laughs> who uh, goes out and you know. Well, I was gonna say too. Yeah, I mean, we go to Corona together all the time. We see each other, so I got to see you kind of slowly but surely start working for this company. Nah, and you know, when it's something that is, uh, it's totally different now. Cause yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking about back then when I didn't have him. You know, but now, no, now. It's much easier, you know, much easier. Yeah, he'd yeah, come sure. in, he'd be like, oh, I'm helping Z with an event, you know, really low key. The next thing you know, he's, you know, he's the guy. Yeah. And that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. It's always funny because I would always hear your name um, around like uh, the cigar shop, around Corona. I'd be like, man, I never see this guy. I always hear about him. I feel like I know him, but I don't even, I've never <laughs> even met him in my life. <laughs> so. Yeah, and I think uh, I probably was at one of those uh, events where you were hand rolling there at Corona long, long time ago. I remember that. You, had a couple of the uh you know hand rolls there that helps man because yeah still now i do events and they told me don't bring any like uh regular cigars to give away yeah do yeah. hand rolls because people think that they cannot get that or it's something special for that and it's something mm -hmm. nice about it you know yeah yeah, yeah plus sure. it's kind of like a conversation starter right yeah. people want to see what you're doing they want to learn they have a chance to meet the brand and then put a face to the brand and then ask questions of how you actually construct it right yeah Definitely. Yeah, we've talked about this before, especially when uh, 
you're smoking a cigar, if you get to know the guy behind it, it builds a connection with that brand. So you're not just smoking some cigar. You actually know the guy that's behind it or someone, one of the reps, and it helps build that relationship. So next time I pick up the cigar, I'm like, oh, you know, I'll smoke one of these. You know, Z's a cool guy. And that's what we've talked to guys from like Casa 1910 and other brands. And we every time we see the cigar, it's like, oh, I'm going to smoke that one because, you know, we have a great relationship. This guy's really cool. And it's almost like you want to support the brand. Definitely. Because you also know them personally. And doesn't matter how big they get because in one of my trips to Nicaragua, I got to hang out for a couple of days with uh, George Padron. And I was always a fan and I love those cigars and I mm-hmm. respect them. But when I saw the factory and had lunch with him and the family and saw that, I, man, these people are like the, the Rolls Royce of the cigar industry, but still they do everything like everybody else do, you know? Yeah. And yeah the cigars just... are rolled the same way and <laughs> they just take their time a little longer than most people. But now when I got back, I remember for a long time, I was like, Hey, if I'm paying money for any cigar, <laughs> I'm smoking a Padron. Absolutely. <laughs> I think we're all in agreement yeah. on that. Padron yeah. is just its own league, man. It's, it's crazy. It's different. Totally different. I know like you're saying when you go to PCA, uh, if they go to PCA, they're very low key. They don't need the big crazy tent or the crazy booths like Jewish state does. Padron just, they know, they know their worth. They know that they're going to, they got no reps. They don't give you anything free. No. Wow. They don't <laughs> have swag. They're yeah. nothing, bro. Yeah, they have a good cigar, and that's it. And yeah, for so, a while there, I was only smoking Padrones for quite some time, like 1926. You're a smart man. Yeah, <laughs> it was phenomenal. They kind of helped me uh, branch off and kind of move on. But every once in a while, I'm not paying attention. I'll go grab another Padron, you know. <laughs> it's hard to, I have a friend, Ricky, mm-hmm. when uh, I think it was like 2008 or something like that, and his first cigar that his wife gave him on a birthday was a. 1926, uh, I think I was, was it the 40th anniversary or something like that. And then after that, he's like, man, I'm this, I'm, I'm ruined. <laughs> now every other cigar I try, I want to go back to that one, you know? Yeah, we're, we sat Jared down and said, listen, Jared, you got to smoke some other stuff, man. You got to expand your palate. Yeah, you know? and you do. <laughs> they gave me a cigar intervention, if you will. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we, we sat him down. <laughs> this guy has a great palate. Yeah, yeah. I, uh. I try to get him sometimes, but no. <laughs> yeah, well, I always the product is good. You go back to what you love. Um, I think that the biggest complaint amongst cigar smokers in general, regardless of how much time they've been smoking, is always um, twofold: uh, the draw and what it feels like the next day. Mm-hmm. You know, your clothes are always mm-hmm. going to tell you you smoked. Yeah, but. You know, my thing is the next day I want to feel like, you know, I didn't do too much damage to myself and I'm ready to smoke again. You're fresh. Yeah. So that's what I think we get a lot from um, the line itself. And I tell everybody, you you could put Z's line up against anybody big. You know, I don't care who it is. Um, You'll notice that um, you're not going to smoke yourself out. And I smoke five a day. Um, you know, I smoke my first one with my coffee in the morning, right after I had breakfast, 930, I'm already puffing in the porch. Um, take a nap after that and then <laughs> keep on going. But, you know, usually till 10 o'clock at night, I'm probably still huffing and puffing and whatnot. But the next day, you know, I wake up, I'm clean, I'm good. I feel great. Been doing this now, I don't know, what, six, seven years. And, um, you know, 
the line is amazing. It's uh, you can find you know treasures at every price point. I mean, you know, if you want to go up all the way up to the top with the the Finca Santa Fe's, which have been you know awarded really nicely, um, you can do that. But I think that his one of his earlier lines, the Clave, he's got a little short. Um, um, most of what's out in the in in the market in Corona are the big. Um, the Toro. The Toro. Yeah. But yeah, he's got yeah. a short, short Robusto. Is short amazing. Robusto that he yeah. makes that is, you know, price for, you know, dollar for dollar. I think one of the best cigars out on the market. I mean, I could smoke that every day, five times yeah. a day. It's that good a smoke and it's not going to break you, you know, because a lot of people, you know, you got to remember, you know, this is a luxury. It's not really a, you know, a lot of people take it that it's a habit, but it's it can get to be an expensive habit, especially mm-hmm. if you're sure. smoking drones or you know yeah. the high-end brands you know you guys know how it can be you know you do that maybe once yeah every couple of weeks you might grab something that's you know above your you know but you that's know why people buy the factory smokes you know I tell you what, though, stick. i've been able to keep my funds good you know my uh, retirement is good but uh you always like to make sure you have enough for other things but you know never had any complaints and um you know pound for pound i think uh z is one of the best blenders around um you know i don't talk crap just to talk it it's because Mm -hmm. you know i believe in the product he knows that um i think that what's actually made our connection better is the fact that um you know he's honest with everybody that he comes up against and he's the kind of guy that would give his shirt off his back to the first person he met you know that is in need mm. you know and i think that's commendable in a in a person in general yeah but when you're in this industry i think it says a lot more about your character mm. and and people will you know say well like you said um if you know somebody that's already been in there you'd grab something that's already you know been there longer you know um because you know that it, it's a good product yeah so well you know, it's a great point too because uh you know for the amount of time we've been in the industry we know how cutthroat some people can be and not everyone is, you know, as laid back and uh, respectful as either Z or some of these other guys. So, like you said, that's a great thing too to find someone that is respectful and you know more laid back and isn't trying to you know push other people down. And that's in any industry, but the cigar industry. Sometimes I meet some people and they're pretty cutthroat, man. Yeah, they really are. And I'll tell you what, though, because I mean, you said this stuff is great. I had I, I forget what it's called, but it's a Maduro box press. It's around ten dollar retail, I think. That you guys make that was one of my favorite ones that's got to be the clave yeah so that one really good i, I said it was like a it was like a, a padron almost padrones kind of uh feel to it that's what i try to uh, emulate you did good man i i, I said nobody did, can do it like they do no we yeah. did it on a live stream i smoked it on a live stream and i said about three times i was like dude this tastes like a padron but i'm spending ten dollars so i was happy with it yeah. but i'll tell you what and i think this one so far this one might be my new favorite i, love I really the love the cigar the yeah. Corona Gord is ten bucks. The Toro is twelve, and it's old tobacco, bro. Well aged. Is this this cigar for a natural is hard to beat? It is Can very good. And I'm I'm a fan of like fifty and under as far as ring gauge goes. So this is a very good size. I, I like too. Lanceros are great. So I try to keep it fifty and under just as my personal preference. Mm-hmm. So this is really good. For me, anything over fifty two is. Yeah. You, you got to make it because we sell it right, but. I don't enjoy it as much. No, yeah, we, we were yeah, talking about we, this the other day. I mean, 54 is like pushing it. 54 is pushing it. 54 yeah, is bad, I, I agree. Yeah. I think the cigar has to have a really good draw if it's going to be a 54 or above. It, the draw has to be 
really nice and loose so you're able to pull smoke from and it maybe not much more than like five and a half because if it's yeah. six and a half by 54 hours already like yeah that's all, that's pushing too, a lot yeah too much yeah but there's a market for the six by sixties oh yeah 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 there six is. By yeah, people yeah. i got people telling me that they want me to make a seven by seven you know oh man yeah, yeah. i had a seven by seventy the other day and i hated it <laughs> yeah i don't big. think that's a that's that's a, a particular palette you know when you want something like that you know just want to be smoking pretty much i, I feel do you have to be a big guy too yeah i would look ridiculous yeah. with a seven by seven you know <laughs> yeah but too sure. it might be those people that you know want to smoke more for the buzz for the experience yeah. Not necessarily yeah. the flavor and picking up the nuances, mm -hmm. but for the amount of tobacco it has too. I, there's definitely a market for that. There's a lot of people that only puff smoke, you know? Yeah. They don't, yeah. They don't get too much into the flavors or... By the way, that blue note is... Not bad, huh? It is, yeah. I got to tell my friend that, that. Thank you, that was good. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, it's very good. Yeah, that's it. Got it. A little bite. Yeah, good flavor though. Really caramely. Yeah. But I don't even know uh, what is the the alcohol volume on that thing. You see? I didn't even look. Yeah, because uh, you say it's true. It has a little bite. It's like gotta be like a hundred, right? Not in the front. Is that right there? Sixty-one and a half percent. Oh, there you go. Sixty-one. So that's like one. 20. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's yeah, pretty smooth for. It is. It's smooth for that. though. Yeah. Wow. I had some 120s that kill you. Yeah. This is good. Yeah. That is pretty smooth. I had a. There's one event I went to and they were selling uh, oh, wow. some Jack Daniels. So I got a Jack Daniels single barrel. And I, I don't drink Jack Daniels, but I tried it and it was 69% alcohol. And I tried drinking it straight and I was like, no, 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 no. So I gave it to the bartender. I said, I have to have an old fashioned with this. I can't, I cannot drink it straight. <laughs> yeah. Great in an old fashioned, but that's just yeah. too much, man. Way too much. This is smooth though. So I got to say this warehouse is beautiful. Is this like your new hangout spot? Yeah. <laughs> you guys are welcome. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah. And uh, those are going to be out of there soon. Hoon is moving to their own facility like i yeah. think in a month yeah so, xavier was telling us a little bit a little wanna, bit about I that i want to do a nice lounge area where they to throw some leather couch because i'm gonna put uh i got two rocks that are going there and then the rest i'm gonna have a big area for to sit down a couple of leather couches and a couple tables and some podcasts eh? some more videos <laughs> yeah <Anytime. laughs> absolutely dude i love the cigar we man. are yeah we get together there and the ideas flow and we might make another plan. <laughs> <laughs> That's when the ideas happen, man. I, I can't tell you how many times we sit down together, little drink, little smoke. And all of a sudden, this guy's pumping out ideas. I'm like, write these down, man. Like, <laughs> yeah. You're going to forget tomorrow. I need to write this down. But yeah. I mean, how long you guys been doing the podcast? I don't even know. Oh, the podcast? Uh, we've only been doing it actually since January. Yeah. Uh, but the amount of feedback we've gotten, I mean, it's really been picking up. We started doing... Um, TikTok actually making yeah. TikTok videos. We did yeah. that uh, last year, probably like around April. So we've been doing that for about a year and a half, almost two years. That's really started picking up. I mean, we're getting millions and millions of people tuning oh. into our stuff. Yep. So we transfer it over to the podcast. I think you're our uh, our third blender that we've had on now. I think so. We're trying to get more blenders to come on and share their stories 
And I think, you know, it was perfect for us because, you know, you're an Orlando guy yeah. and we've had your stuff and it's good stuff. So, of course, we wanted to get you on here and, you know, talk a little bit about your brand. I know a couple more, but they, they don't speak English. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, especially, I mean, in, in the cigar world, you, you got to speak Spanish, man. <laughs> a lot of a lot of them come from, of course, you know, South America, Central America, and they speak Spanish. And mm -hmm. that's just what the culture has been. I mean, especially with Cuba. Cuba was the known for cigars and they're pretty much at one time they were the only major company that was producing yeah. cigars. Mm -hmm. We kind of invented that shit. Yeah. No, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For real, yeah. Yeah, we talk a lot about that, you know, and it's funny because a lot of the big um brands that are out there, you know, uh, most people don't know they carry chemists. They've had chemists on their payroll for years trying to mimic the the soil in Cuba you know, to try to mimic it somewhere else, Honduras, Nicaragua, you name it. Um, and it just doesn't, you know, they, they haven't been able to get it right. So, um, the aroma is almost impossible. Yeah. I mean, we, there's days that we'll, we'll drive into Tampa to, you know, or we're driving to Miami and we'll be, you know, like drooling at each other and we'll look at each other and we're like, it's like <laughs> how do they do this? You know, it's like, you know, they, they've been doing it obviously for years. I think they're, the uh, newer stuff that's out in the market now um, has suffered quite a bit, obviously, because of the, yeah. you know, overproduction, you know, um, and my paying enough attention and yeah. love to them. And I think yeah. and and that's what's let, you know, other companies, especially Nicaragua, become such a you know haven for, you know, tobacco. Mm -hmm. No, you're right. I mean, there's especially this past year, so much so many new lines have come out. PCA, a bunch of new you lines. You went to the PCA, you guys were We there. weren't there this year. We're going in March for sure. It but. was ridiculous how many new lines, new brands. Yeah. I'm like, what yeah. the heck? I'm still seeing stuff on my feed come up. This right? new line that was released. I've never seen so many crazy. feed either. Yeah. New brand, crazy. new cigar, new brand, new cigar. I'm like, what the heck? But yeah, you're right. I mean, it, the market is getting more and more competitive. More people are getting in the game. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's going to be very important for brands, blenders to really be paying attention to the quality of their stuff, not just putting out 10 lines, but the quality of the smoke. Good draw is very important. Yep. Good construction. Because, I mean, for me, a tight draw almost ruins the cigar sometimes. Uh, you know, bad construction can really ruin a cigar. So people got to start paying attention more to the quality of the cigar and not just like, you know, it being a gimmick and a cool label or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I tried to because when you make cigars, you it changes your perspective. So I, I, I'm not saying this as an excuse, but sometimes if in a box, one cigar is not our letter, you know, slide because yeah. it's something made by hand. And sometimes I see, you know, I like I always tell everybody, man, those are most, most of them in Nicaragua, ladies rolling cigars. They have their time of the month that they don't feel that good <laughs> they have mm -hmm. a lot of things if my yeah. wife was doing it there would be some bad cigars coming out of that box you know <laughs> and uh they, they do a good job it's just it's tough and but you do have to pay attention you have to try to always be better because it, it can be done you know because when you have a i've done cigars that haven't come out that good and i put them in a bundle and sell it you know what i'm saying yeah yeah no oh, yeah i mean Again, like I said, it's getting so competitive that oh, yeah. brands are going to have to pay attention more to the quality. And like you said, too, I think if you find one bad cigar in a box that's really good, I think it's almost near impossible 
to have a box where every cigar is perfect. It's all handmade product. Like you said, I mean, the guy could have been a little more tired that day, yeah. not in his A game. It's yeah. nearly impossible to get 20 cigars or 10 cigars in a box that are all perfect. And if you have one bad cigar, people go, oh, I found a bad cigar. Like, dude, you're lucky. Yeah. Because some of these boxes yeah, you yeah, buy, yeah. three, four. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And to be honest, if it's a little brand like me and one is bad, they might say something. Right. They buy a box of Cuban that five are, don't draw well and they don't care. Yeah, know? exactly. Yeah. They don't yep. complain. They poke a hole and I'm enjoying a Cuban, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> That's another thing, man, especially if you go on Facebook at all. The, the, the Cuban experts on there where someone posts a Cuban and they're like, oh, is it real or not? And people almost every it's fake. It's fake. It's fake. Uh, or sometimes I see these really bad fakes on there. And people be like, oh, yeah, it's real, man. It's just real old. And I'm like, yeah. these guys, man. I'm going to tell you something. I think, in, in, and that's why I know he's got a good palate because I've gotten so many cigars in the past six years from the farms in Cuba, you know? Things with no rings and sometimes like more like a one-dimension cigar because they're putas from a little farm, you know? Mm. It's not yeah. much blend there to do. It's a puta from one farm. And... Those cigars have a, an aroma and a taste that if you get to know, you learn a lot more about cigars. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. Because, like I said, the aroma is almost impossible to, uh, to do any other, way, any other place. And it's nothing like uh, saying, you know, Cubans are the greatest. No, I didn't think that I was making better cigars right now. Yeah, yeah for the, sure. The, yeah. The Dominican I mean, is making better cigars. Yeah. Better cigars doesn't take away from the soil and the great tobacco there. I, yeah. I, we have a friend that used to be an editor for Cigar Aficionado for years, George, and he told me something one day because he went to Cuba so much and he told me, man, Cuba has the best raw material, but they fuck it up in the in the factories. And it's true. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes that's where, and if you've ever been to a Cuban factory or you know Cuban people, you know that all those people are struggling and stealing stuff to make cigars at home. And I don't even know how the factories work to begin with. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. If you got 500 rollers in a big factory and they all stealing some little bit of tobacco every day, something has got to be missing in the blends. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know? Yeah. It's just tough. And that stuff doesn't happen in Nicaragua. No. It doesn't happen in Dominican. There is people there, they own their, their factory and they have a lot of love to it. You see Pepin always in the factory. AJ always in the factory. Those are the people that I know more, you know, that I have more relationship with. Yeah. Uh, Padron is not much there anymore, but they don't need to because they, that works like a, like a Swiss, like that rock. Swiss watch, yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm telling you, when I went, I was so impressed. When I saw Tobago, it was seven years old, eight years old. And I asked George, when are you using this? He said, not ready yet. And I met yeah. most people in Esteli would kill to have half of the age on that mm -hmm. to put in this, you know? And he told me, he said, if something happens in the country and we have to, because they went through it already too. Yeah. yeah. Revolutions in their uh, uh, civil wars and all kinds of stuff. And they had to go to Honduras back in the eighties and they couldn't make cigars because they have, he said, if something happens, I can make the same amount of tobacco that I'm doing, the same amount of cigars, 7 million, whatever, for 10 years and not buy a leaf from anybody. Wow. Wow. That's impressive. That's, That's what happens, man. I mean, they've been in the industry for over 100 years mm -hmm. now. 
So they've got <coughs> stacks on stacks of that stuff. And they do it right. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, I agree. I think um, all the New World stuff uh, has had all this time now to compete with Cuban cigars. So like you said, Dominican cigars, Nicaraguan cigars, there's so many of them that are much more sought after than like Cuban cigars, for example, or they have a much better enjoyment rating than Cuban cigars. Because, I mean, the Cuban cigars, you can only do so much with these Nicaraguan and uh, Dominican cigars. You know, there's so much uh, ingenuity now. and People are blending all kinds of stuff. Exactly, exactly. And it's also sad, too, that, like you say, in this country, I don't know what percentage it will be, but probably 90% of all the cigars that you ever seen in your life, Cuban cigars in the U.S., are not Cuban cigars. Mm Mm-hmm. I had the, the privilege of sometimes when I used to play golf with Don, sometimes some of his clients would fly all over the world. I remember one time we were playing Disney and this uh, client of him opened a box of Siglo 6 from like 2003. He said, oh, this is to smoke here. We're going to enjoy this box today. I don't know what he paid back then. This is probably 2010, 2011. <clears throat> Man, I was like, wow. I, I understand why they, they had the reputation and they sell what they sell and they charge what they charge because that cigar was like a out of this world out of this world now the problem is how many of those do you get right. <laughs> yeah for sure well, you know course. a patron like you said every box is the same man. exactly for the same. years and years you smoke yep. the, if you like it it's the same consistency all the time that's the thing with padron their quality control has been consistent forever and Cuban cigars, not so much. A lot of brands can't have that quality control that Padron does, and it's no. just crazy. Absolutely crazy. And yeah, I mean, especially the price hike with Cuban cigars, I mean, you can't justify spending $30, $40, on a Cohiba. Yeah, it's crazy. It's not It's not as, you know. They're going crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a whole other story. We talked we, about we, that before. We keep yeah. enjoying our farm roads when they come. Yeah. Of course, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's good stuff too. Yeah. Family made it, you know. So, yeah. So, when you go into blending a cigar, like, what is, what is the process like? Like, do you make a cigar and you're like, oh, I don't like this. Let me change, you know, some of the filler. Let me change some of the binder. You know, I was talking to somebody about that the other day because I hear some people online. I think I saw an interview. I don't remember who it was, but he said that they make like a hundred blends to pick one. I've never been. I don't know if I'm better, but I don't need to make a hundred blends to, to pick one. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You have an idea of what you want to make. Like, for example, the Clave. I knew I wanted a box press. I enjoy Padron. How can I make something, not copy them, because you can, and when you start copying, then you fail. It's not good. But something that would be really enjoyable, and try to get close with the uh, consistency, construction. But the blending, I think the person, who, the ones who do it by himself is, could be tougher, but I've never done that by myself. Every blend has other people inputs, you know? Like people that you probably never heard the name, but every factory's got two or three. Mm-hmm. Guarantee you, Padron, Perdomo, my father, AJ, Casa Fernandez, everybody has couple of guys there that nobody knows their name. Well, you have to and do it, And they can blend. Yeah. And yeah. they know tobacco in and out. And, of course, I have an idea. I put it together. I give it to them. 
they say, ah, maybe not this. And you tweak it a couple of times and then you have like a final product, give it to Xavier. Hey, not a final product, but already a cigar, because sometimes you're just yeah. tasting leaves and, yeah. uh, you know, not not a whole cigar. Xavier's like, man, I like this, but I would like to add something like this. And I give it to somebody else. I always give it to a couple of people that I respect. Mm-hmm. And I, I know they have a good palate. And and we go from there, tweaking until you get something that yeah. you're proud of. You have to do that because, too, I mean, you have your palate. You have what you like. And you might think the cigar is great. But if you give it to five other people and they all say, ah, I'm not really a fan. Maybe don't you, do it. Exactly. <laughs> no. So you have to have, especially like uh, we blend our own cigar, uh, him and his brother and I, all three of us had to be on the same page with that cigar. So we put all our notes together and found the final blend because, I mean, if I like, if I really like the cigar, but the other two guys don't, that says something because, you know, that's 60% right there. And then maybe the general population doesn't like the cigar. So you have to step back and say, hey, you know, what is you guys' consensus? Do you guys like it? So absolutely right. You need to get the opinions of others because it's just your palate might not do too good. But if you have five, 10 people that are all agreeing on it, then that's a good cigar. I think a lot of that also goes into knowing how to smoke. And when I say that, I don't mean just blowing rings, but um, like I always start my lightest cigars in the morning mm-hmm. and end up with my darkest in the evening. People say, well, why do you do that? Well, I get to enjoy every bit of every cigar as I'm progressing. I'm not working, you know, starting off with something very strong or, or even a medium in the morning and then try something, you know, light in the afternoon because I won't get all, you know, what that cigar is actually is. I've tried that before. I used to smoke Davidoff's very early in the morning, especially when um, they went into their darker Nicaraguans, like their Escurios and yeah. Escurios and then the, the Adimas and that kind of stuff. And then you would try to go into something lighter, like let's say a Camacho, you know, um, Connecticut. And it, you, you couldn't, it was like, you know, smoking paper basically, because you couldn't you couldn't get anything out of it. But then once I started tweaking stuff and I started using taking the stuff that was light smoke at first and build my way up, then you would actually say, oh well, wow, this is you know. And I'm not saying that that everybody should do that, but you know, you should um, and and know what you're also know what you're pairing it with. You know, um, you know, my morning sticks are usually coffee. Obviously, afternoons I'm either you know. Uh, scotch bourbon whiskey and then my evenings sometimes some wine you know because you mm. want to kind of like relax or even you know i'm i'm kind of one of those nuts i'll i'll have a double espresso at 10 o'clock at night oh yeah and i don't too. have an issue yeah, I, yeah, I mean yeah. i'm gonna fall asleep when i'm gonna fall asleep but you know I, there's certain things that you want to smoke and you want to pair them you know right so that you're actually getting everything um you know smoking is one aspect of it but you know when you're driving let's say when i'm driving and i'm smoking on my way this way you know i don't have anything that i can actually swash down while i'm driving um but i know that if i stop and and i get something to drink with it it makes that cigar totally different experience Mm -hmm. so i think that has a lot to do with it also and and uh to z's point it's not so much that that um there's so much fakes out there it's just that there's a lot of people that have net that their palate wouldn't even you know um we had a story about a friend of ours who bought a box he, he thought his his uh dream cigar was the epicure number two the hoya de monterey mm-hmm. ordered um 
was smoking a box and he comes out and he after he smoked five he's like this is the worst thing i've ever smoked <laughs> and, yeah, was, I appreciate it. and and the thing is is that the same thing you know you don't you know that it you know that logo that the motorcycler uh, motorcycle guys wear that one percent yeah the actual cuban cigar smoker the avid cuban cigar smoker is less than one per less than one tenth of a percent that actually know that if you give them something that's pre-embargo they'll say okay there's a hint of this and they'll know that's a cuban regardless of the fact even if it's not the quality that it should be right but you can also take a farm roll and somebody try to you know and they'll say like wow yeah this is you know it's not as complex or as diverse as let's say something that comes out of let's say the cohibas the partigas that kind of thing but those the the notes and the aspect of the cigar is there because you know it's you know it's it is you know true to the name yeah. but um you know it, it's you know a lot, i got a lot of friends who smoke very well high end and they tell me when they give them you know some of the cubans that i have and they're like and that didn't smoke well and i was like okay you know and that's okay because not everybody <laughs> yeah. has that you know i don't do it for that reason i do it because like i said i like to um i hate being the guy that's smoking well and all my friends or all the people that are around me are smoking you know something not subpar because that's what they like but you know to enjoy what everybody else says oh yeah you know man i had a cuban but it wasn't all it wasn't that good that's fine you know i don't have an issue with that because that's what it's all about really it's about getting those you know maybe that one didn't work for you you know so i'll keep trying you know i'll keep you know mixing up the you know the the collection that i have and i think that that really um has has you know made me realize more what i enjoy doing now that i'm retired and stuff like that um when i'm with my friends and when i'm with my family and stuff like that um and other than the smell of the smoke you know on my yeah. clothes that's what my wife hates you know <laughs> she knows that it's uh, probably kept our relationship that much closer together i mean we've been married um 29 years now um going on 34 together so you know i'm doing something right and she's doing everything right you know, she's putting <laughs> up with me, so i take that you know to be a, a good thing but yeah man smoking uh for me um has actually extended you know my uh you know just my outlook on life and how to enjoy myself more not worry so much about you know the small stuff you know and that's really what it's all about and that's what i try to instill in my friends yeah. you know we worry about today today yeah. this is happening now later on yeah tomorrow we'll worry about when it gets here you know you're 100 yeah. right it man. Is, you know yeah the whole experience of sitting back and smoking a cigar you have to be relaxed like you said too sometimes too if you're smoking and driving like you can't fully get to the experience of enjoying that cigar i have learned that i mastered yeah. that oh you mastered <laughs> the driving and smoking <laughs> I, I drive so much trying to sell cigar and smoking at night and i can say now one of my my favorite cigars of the day is if i'm driving long and i got a uh, bottle of water mm. yeah well i feel like anytime you'd have like a cigar and relax like yeah. that's gonna that's like the best time to enjoy it you and know? i guess that helps you with traffic you know how orlando is yeah oh yeah yeah and if i'm driving and i i don't think about time anymore I'm like hey, okay it's one cigar or two cigar or three cigar drive you know? yeah the point too is like if you're if you're worried about something or if you're stressed or if you're like that's you're not gonna enjoy the cigar no. if you if you are able to whatever it is you're doing you know sit back and relax yeah. and not worry about stuff and just be in the moment 
that's when the cigar is going to be absolutely excellent and you can be able to enjoy it to the fullest and pick up certain flavor notes and all that so it, it teaches people like you said to just not worry about what's going on what not worried about the next hour where i gotta be just hang out man yeah, yeah. be in the moment for sure you got any more any more questions you want to wrap it up uh so when you guys blended you guys went to nicaragua or so uh, we outsourced from the, the DR, but we have the tobacco in our cigar is uh, it's a Ecuadorian Habano wrapper, a Sumatra binder, and a Nicaraguan Dominican filler. So and, three and different. And you guys ages. blended it? Yeah, yeah. In Dominican? We blended it here. So here? we yeah yeah we had a, a guy help us with the whole process. That, that's a like good that. thing to do too because I was gonna tell you, you blend the cigar in Dominican or Nicaragua, and when you get to the taste, tastes different. <laughs> <laughs> You always like, man. The, I remember this cigar tasting different over there. I'm like, yeah, it happens. <laughs> you know, you gotta bring it here, let it sit, yeah, a couple days, sure, smoke sure. it, let it a couple more, you know, and then go from there. Yeah, especially that's a great point too, because you get a cigar that is, you know, fresh. It's it's gonna be a little funky, but then you let it rest for a good month or so. That's what it's gonna be right there. Yeah. That's yeah, that's the sure. true testament. R resting cigars is, yeah, very important. It's very key, important. yeah, but. But I think we'll wrap it up here. Yep. Again, Z, I appreciate you for hosting us. Thank you, you for sharing your knowledge and sharing your story with us. It's Come been back an anytime, honor. man. Absolutely, man. <laughs> appreciate it, man. Yeah, thanks for tuning in. And guys, thanks you. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Cigar Guys. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you can stay updated with when we upload new episodes. And go to our link tree as well. All our social media is on there. You can watch all our short clips and everything like that. But thanks again for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Yeah, appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you.